Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. That's 888-303-9136. Do you know someone who has a drinking problem or drug addiction? Well, you know what comes next. If you or someone close to you has a bad drinking or drug problem and they have private health insurance, free help may be available. Call a recovering addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline. They'll help you get clean and sober and give you a total rehab in a beautiful five-star treatment facility. It's like a vacation, but a clean vacation. If you have private health insurance, quitting drugs, quitting alcohol, and getting sober is just a free call away. Sorry, we don't accept Medicare or Medicaid. Make this free, confidential call now, before someone dies. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We are so happy to be here with you on this Monday for Marvelous Monday on Blog Talk USA. You can always find us at blogtalkusa.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. You can also find us in podcast form on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Radio, or pretty much any place you can find podcasts. You can find Blog Talk USA podcasts and Marvelous Monday under that banner. And Dr. McKellar is, uh, of course, your host for Marvelous Monday, and I don't believe she is on yet, so on those health-related notes from our commercials. We'll start with Dr. Hackney to to update us on everything that he has going on. And once again, I just want to give uh, huge kudos and thanks to Dr. Hackney for all the hard work that he is doing, uh, in particular for communities and people of color to get the health care that they need, to get the information that they need uh, to combat this crisis and to be proactive in their own health. Uh, And we appreciate so much that you work so hard, Dr. Hackney. Welcome. Dr. Hagney, are you able to hear me? Hello, can you hear me? You might be, oh, 
There you go. Hello? Okay. Yeah, hey good. There. Great. Uh, it's, it's, it's really uh, great being here and just uh, saying shout-outs to you for the program to get the information out to our community is so important. And uh, as I lead off talking about our health care and talking about specifically coronavirus, what the great concern there is what we are seeing between uh, graduation, Memorial Day, uh, we are seeing some up- upticks. I'm very concerned about the uh, <clears throat> possible the Juneteenth celebrations. Uh, hope there they don't be. Uh, have, hope they haven't been a super spreader. <clears throat> but when you think about the population, you think about the individual who who, who celebrated Juneteenth. A uh, large percentage of that population who celebrated really re- represent a large percentage of the um, vaccinated population. So that's one of our concerns. We're monitoring very closely to see if those events are actually. Um, produced an uptick. So in that in that in that regard it shows us we have to be back to uh, not uh, slacking on the masks and distances and the vaccinations because that's one of the big discussion is that we started getting a little lax with our masks and distances and also the vaccine. As you well know, we are focusing on the vaccines and we, and we uh, you know even the design that vaccine and look at them I saw a report that is saying without COVID shots, another 20 million could die for this study. And one reason why we launched our task force early on is to recognize the current healthcare status. There's a study of saying that 330,000 could have been saved from COVID if the United States had a universal health care program. I would, I would emphasize that's basically true, and that's where we were. That's why we uh, initiated this uh, task force. But uh, um, it's inside that system that need more information about the COVID. Uh, of course, without, the, without a national program being a lot of decisions were left up to the states and territories and cities and all that. And I would say that was more a factor of that number. But hopefully we now, before it's getting word out, particularly in communities of color, uh, our church hubs have been a blessing. Church hub is a, uh, in, in here in East Texas, where one church uh, is the lead church uh, of all other churches in the county. And so that church, that's what we call a hub. We right now have some like 12 hubs from uh, the Oklahoma border all the way down to uh, going into uh, Beaumont, the whole east side of uh, Texas along the Louisiana border. And I would say the blessing have been the black pastors in those churches because of trust in these communities. When we're talking about communities of color, I need to, I can't stress that enough. Uh, when you mention rural, I mean, when you mention urban, on, individuals can understand that. Rural, they understand that. But when you mention nor, uh, rural communities of color, that's a whole different ball game, and that's a whole group basically has not been um, addressed. And we use the plan, which I call the octopus plan, to address this. Uh, if you think about an octopus, you have multiple legs. You can't stop an octopus by addressing one leg. So we use that analysis in establishing our, our task force, uh, a lot of areas represented in, in that, so we can address this task force, this virus from in different angles, and that's why it was so critical when they, the state meant about the um, the lack of a uh, national health program. It's critical when you don't have something like a, a, a task force or uh, octopus plan. But we've been very successful with that. But I say inside that success has been our black churches and our black church hubs who have been able to reach out to the community. And we documentation now, we are experts as far as reaching uh, rural communities of color. And we've over two years, we've, we've been doing that. 
and we're getting ready to launch some other projects, uh, prostate projects and some other projects that need dressing. So uh, we're very excited about that. But in closing, continue the guidelines, the vaccines work, uh, and also the, va- the, the mass and the uh, distance of factor. But also there are some indications that there, the newer variants may be uh, for resistance for the long-term antibiotic levels may not be there. So there is discussion about uh, if you've been, if you had all the boot shots and the booster, you need to be, need to be very observant, uh, observant. And uh, we need, and also very excited. Now we have the approval of the youth vaccine, the youth means child vaccine under five years of age. So that means we can cover yeah. the entire family. I know it's going to be sort of rocky getting that started with the parents, but we need the parents on board because up at this point, our kids were not protected. And so now we can, uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. We get ready to launch some programs, but I just hope it's very successful. I hope that the parents are on, on, on board and also the uh, uh, the school district. So let's uh, yeah. proceed with that. But let's proceed with the right information, correct information, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. So let's keep working to get the vaccine, vaccines into people. Um, that's all I have. Very yeah. good. Awesome. Well, and I want to add, uh, I just you know want to, Lead by example, maybe. I have a two-year-old, a uh, little COVID baby. Um, he is being raised much differently from my other kids because he, in his lifetime, all we have had is COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've had to be so careful with him in ways that I just never would have imagined with my other children. And I cannot wait uh, to get him vaccinated. I will absolutely be getting him vaccinated as soon as I can because, like Dr. Hagney just said, this is the first time that I will truly feel like he has some layer of protection for him. I've been afraid to take him out in the world as much as I should, you know, be able to at this point, and it's because he's not protected. So I'm excited, and um, I hope that everybody, if you are scared uh, to take that leap for your child, please, please talk to your pediatrician about it um, and get your information from really credible, scientifically based, factually based sources rather than message boards, please, um, because it's, it's just so important that we protect this population because these new variants, newer variants of COVID are not like the first variant of COVID. Correct. Correct. They don't affect children as much. These, you know, children can get what COVID has become. uh, Young Mm -hmm. children. So uh, I hope that everybody will join me in getting their young children vaccinated as soon as possible. And also, I want to quickly say, um, I hope you guys are ready. I was not here last week, so I'm going to have to talk about that Supreme Court decision a little bit. But. I want to welcome Pastor Cooper and our good friend, Mr. Arthur Fleming. Welcome, fellas. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. How are you doing? Hello. doing Hello. great. How are you all? Wonderful. Excellent. Mm. Uh, so what, what do you guys have for us? Go ahead and... And give us your little spiel. Dr. McKellar is not in yet, but we know she is a busy lady, so we'll be expecting her at some point. But we got the floor to ourselves for now. Well, you know, uh, you, you nailed it uh, when you're talking about uh, our – and uh, it, it, it is really uh, 
needless to say, a take back. Uh, it's taking breath away with what's happening. But mm-hmm. as I texted a group before, uh, this guy by the name of Clarence Thomas that, that lied and mm-hmm. several of the other Supreme Court justices said that they would never touch that. Uh, mm-hmm. And here we are. Uh, but we knew that. We, we said that. We, we've been screaming this for six years and uh, that I know mm-hmm. of, and I think some people were doing it before that. But if he's going to continue to dig into the uh, 60s and 50s and turn away, turn over cases, he needs to be careful of the Loving Act, 1962, yeah. because he's going to have to divorce his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's just things like this. That, I mean, it, I mean, what, what is making America great again? We were never great when he's talking about these type of laws that's been overturned right now. Next is going to be voters' rights. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, he won't do, That's not a yeah, hypothetical. That's not hypothetical. Yeah, 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 he just wanted an excuse to divorce Jenny. He needs his gone divorce. Her. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do all that, turn, turn over all these cases just to get a divorce? Yeah, he, 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 he got to get well, everybody in trouble just to just divorce Jenny. Because you can't just leave so him, you know. A seditious coup doesn't do it for him? That's why he's trying to leave. <laughs> you know, he say, he, I can't keep voting for this stuff, Jenny. I can't keep voting for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you will, Clarence. Wow. You will vote for it. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. yeah, I, I can hear that Peloton. I know that Peloton. That'd be rough. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I want to uh, call him any names. But anyway, move on. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, uh, there's so much wrong with this, starting with the fact that the Samuel Alito wrote the dissenting or the, uh, the, the opinion. And not one time, not one time did he mention women at all. Um, the impact this will have on women, because truly, truly, Women went to bed one night, first class, normal, you know, not first class, but like all citizens, you know, having the rights that every citizen has. And we woke up to the news that we no longer had autonomy over our own bodies. It doesn't get much more fundamental than the fact that you have control over your body. You're allowed to breathe air because you need air. You're allowed to eat because you, I mean, it's just the most basic, the most basic right we have is that we are in ownership of our own bodies. And, hey, you know. Hey, hey, oh. you do you look some of them signs? Do you, have you seen some of them signs, though? Some of those rallies? I know you looked at some of the rallies. But there's some interesting signs. But the most interesting one I saw was it said, uh, life begins at ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, really, think about the implications. I said, oh, man, that's, that's a good one right there. Okay. Well, it's, that's right. Pass the law now to make sure you yeah, pass the law against the men. Because, see, women can't get pregnant without men. So I don't know how they just right. don't put all that on women like that. I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't, you know, I don't get it. Well, I mean, I get that's it. Why, I right. Well, that's why I said the other night that – Everybody better be on board with stopping this, and this is before the decision happened, uh, because if my body is up for grabs and on the, the, 
menu, so is yours. This does, this does not just implicate women. They've now stripped away bodily autonomy from us. And the last time that, that uh, you know, a group of people uh, literally did not have the right to their own body, we all understand what we're talking mm-hmm. about there. And yep. so this isn't just a matter of, you know, women's rights. And it's, in fact, women's rights are almost secondary because that it's just a given that women's rights are a second issue, you know, to, to anything at the whim of the powers that be. This is about all the rest of us, all of us, because uh, Mike Pence, when he was governor of Indiana, one state north of me, 20 minutes away, uh, he, they had a law <laughs> that if a woman had a miscarriage or an abortion, she had to pay for the cost of burial of the fetal tissue. They called it a baby. And, you know, so if the rule is now that one entire set gender of citizens does not have any reproductive rights, then what about in vitro fertilization centers when when the frozen uh, eggs are no longer viable and they normally would go to donation centers? That has to open up a whole set of legal battles. Uh, What about when um, people are are, are engaged in activities where they have no, no desire to procreate? What happens with that material? Because somehow I'm certain that we're going to have to talk about the legal implications for a man and his, you know, tissue. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's – Let's be clear about what this is, because if we don't talk about it in the proper context, we can't get we can't get to the real deal. This, 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 this is a part of the white supremacist national agenda yes. thing they got. Uh, you know, yes. again, again, you know, nobody know, you know, everybody knows they don't want to do nothing for no babies after they bond. The, the fact right. of the matter is, they want white women to stop having abortions. They want white women to have to stop having abortions. They, they, they don't care right. about anybody else having. And so, therefore, they're going to wreak more havoc on the poor people. They don't care about that. You know, yes. Just give them, you know, yes. Just lock them up, put them in, more folks put in a pen or whatever. So, you know, so they're not worried about that part. But the main thing is they want white women to quit having yes. abortions. That's what the whole thing is. That's exactly and, uh, right. And, and so, you know, we it. talked about they're this moment. About so we, but, you know, we said this moment was gone. Look here, America is going to change. New reality is going to show up. This is the third reconstruction. This is, this is the battlefield. Now we now we had the position now where we we were gonna have to vote. Remember I said it's gonna take about two or three more elections. So this is the first one where we're gonna have to vote on whether we're gonna have a democracy or not, right? You know, uh, the uh, September the the, the uh, January sixth commission gonna have a special thing tomorrow. So they got some more information they're gonna drop on us tomorrow. So I'm hoping that between what's going on in the courts. Uh, with them lying jokes up there, and then what's going on with the 9-11. I'm hoping that the Democrats can finally uh, get some urgency about their business. They right. still they still walking around like, you know, why don't y'all come back and be regular? And, you know, and I'm going, really? Yeah. You know, so, so right. it's, going to, it's going to take the people. The, the people are going to have to do that. But we, we're going to have to bring the urgency to them. You know, uh, right. like I so said, they still walking around like ain't nothing happening. So you know, but the problem right. is, brother Arthur. It, the, the problem is, is that 
the, the, the white women, the Anglo women you're speaking of, they have the thousand to four thousand dollars that they're saying is the average to give abortion right. outside their state. They can travel, right. and so they're not going to yes. stop that. That's always been the status quo. Uh, and and, yes. and the other thing that's hurting the Anglo uh, society, and maybe I'm helping them by talking to, about it, but in my studies is that the average female is staying at home now, Anglo female, is staying at home with mommy and daddy, and they are pursuing their uh, uh, their professional students. And they're graduating with PhDs at 28 and 32 years of age, and they're staying at home, and they're not getting married, and they're not pursuing marriage, right. and they're not reproducing, right. and they're having an average of two kids. They're no longer 4.5, no longer the house, the, 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 the car, the dog, and all. They're comfortable with being single, and they're not mm-hmm. pushing it. So what's happening, the reproductive system of the Anglo society is uh, being depleted. And yeah. the, the numbers for Hispanics is coming to the United States are fast and rapid, and we are ahead by 10 years. They were saying by mm-hmm. 2040 that uh, the number one majority would be that of the Hispanic race. Right. And they right. can't stop it. So this, this is what you're That's fighting. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, but look here though. We at my family reunion meeting yesterday, and, and um, and we were talking about politics, and so and so they pulled up, they pulled up the Texas census, right? Now in the Texas, to see how many black folks and that over there. Now, now in the Texas, look here, they didn't even have Hispanic down there. They done made Hispanics white. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what America does, you know, when they if if it's too many of you, they just make you white, be through with it. Hey, okay, you you know, y'all right. So, you know, so that's where we're you know, we're up against that particular thing too. But uh, you know, but 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 uh, you know we have to understand that we have to build coalitions with other groups. They're not just making them white, uh, they're making them white and Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You, you know, there's there's people down there. Well, them folks down in your valley, you know, them Republican Spanish folks, you know, they got them, you know, you, you tell them they're white. Now they treat them like they, you know, like they own them or something. You know, don't want to talk to the news they're media not. and, you know, and so forth and so on. So, you know, uh, so, the, you know, until, but it, 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 what we have to understand is, that, okay, there are a lot of Hispanics, but their, but, but their vote is not mature. And by that I mean, most of them are like you know they like you know they youngsters they you know they're not you know and so basically you know like uh, uh, right now that vote's not mature and 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 right now it's being split it's being split uh, you know Anglo is going after that vote. You know, they're going after right. that vote. So they're kind of, you know, right. so they all split all over the place, Hispanics. Also. And they're using Until the Catholic they get... Church and pro-life to do so. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And so, you know, they also They're also using the same tactics that white supremacists have been using forever. It's this weird white supremacy reverse psychology thing <laughs> that they use. Uh, to appeal to voters of color, in particular Hispanic or Latino um, voters, where the it's always, of course, to pit people against one another, but pointing fingers at, like, for example, the pro-life movement, and pointing fingers, they have this, this statistic that they use about the, quote, black babies that are uh, killed, you know, and using things like that, uh, to both enrage 
uh, Latinos and Hispanic voters and not uh, feel solidarity with people of color uh, who are African-American and also to get them over to their side. And, you know, that may not, that talking point may not be the best example, but of course I'm talking to (laughs) three African-American men who totally understand what I'm talking about. Um, Psychology that they use. Uh, yeah, yeah, and saying, and I mean, it's just so, so disgusting because you know Hispanic women are in the same, uh, in fact, not the, not the same category, but kind of in the same boat because women of color, in particular African American women, have the highest uh, maternal mortality rates, especially mm-hmm. when their access. To reproductive health care is limited in this kind of way and uh, Hispanic women also have higher uh, m- uh, maternal mortality rates than do white women so you know we <laughs> where we should all be in the same boat all of the time trying to row together they, they just do this divide and conquer thing and that's what they've done to get you know a huge well they've it, also divided worse. and conquered between all Latinos because there's a hierarchy there you know they got Cubans on board because Cubans yeah if you if you wind up on our shores you get to stay here you don't have to jump through the same kinds of hoops so it's easy for them to say well look at the border jumpers down here those people are different from you you know and I mean it's all the same crap it's the same crap different day spewing white supremacy talking points to people of color, to Latinos, to, to pit them against other people. And it's just, ugh, it's just sick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, their, their greatest fear has been that they don't want to compete with us. Uh, it has right. been shown wherever we compete, we win. And also, you don't have to be in a majority to win. Uh, right. and, that's, and, and that's the mistake we made, America made. They think control. Well, we allow the majority to be in control, but that majority uh, has not been, it's just nothing but a majority. <laughs> and we assume because yeah. of the majority, they knew what they were doing. So we recognize this is what we're doing in healthcare. This is why we, this is what we've done with the task force. And this is why we are using the octopus plant. Uh, and then we wonder why do we want to, you know, back, why do we want to cross the fence? Where are when we decide someone else's eyes was colder? Why do we stop cooking? Why do we stop doing all this stuff? Why do we stop educating? Why we why we assume somebody else would educate us because we would go sit next to them? Now we look at we look at the results right now. We we see all that was a major mistake. We went after something where really we gave something credit we shouldn't have given credit. We should have just gone uh, competed. Now that's what we're doing in healthcare. We are going to. We're going to modify this healthcare delivery system uh, because because we trusted other people to take care of us, and look where we are now. We we have these these stats. We are where we are because we assume someone else is going to take care of us, and they didn't, and they didn't didn't they didn't see it, and they're really not doing it now. Even getting a little more aggressive about a little bold about not doing it. So uh, so we're in education. So we just need to take start taking care of ourselves. Not depend on other people, but if we compete with them head on head, doesn't, don't worry about the quantity. We, if we would just compete with them head on head, we will win. That's been shown. Should they allow us to do the physical sports stuff, but they didn't want us to think about the brain side, and we didn't even think about the brain side. We just sort of arrested there. So I think what we're what we're going to do in healthcare, we're going to take charge of our improve our healthcare system, and not depend on someone else to take care of us. 
because we see the results of that. And so we need to do, see that across mm-hmm. the board. We need to see that as a group, and we need to look at it in, in entrepreneurship, business, is on. We support, we, we talk about the system, but we support the system. So so why, you know, and, and I'll, I tell people, you know, once they span, learn, uh, run banks, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit, it's going to be a major difference. But so what, what we have to do is recognize we have been a blessed people all along. And the, the white fear is that we would learn what, that we were blessed. So they, that's what they kept us from believing and knowing that we were blessed. So we need to let ourselves know that we are blessed. And we don't need that other side. We don't need, so we can take charge of this if we would just move out and let God lead us because he blessed us. For some reason, we assume on the other side they knew what they were doing. It's obvious that that's not true. So, therefore, we need to start doing these things ourselves and take care of ourselves and, and, and control our territories. And see, also, the other mistake we're forgetting is our major link with Africa. See, uh, we, uh, so as we develop that relationship uh, back to Africa, then we don't have to worry about those numbers, those European numbers, because we have a number somewhere else worldwide, make things global versus depending on something European or here local in America, but make it global and use the octopus plan because they don't use the octopus plan. They don't know how to use the octopus plan. So we can use that octopus plan and include Africa. I'm going to give you a classic example. In this discussion, we know we don't have enough minority health care workers in this country. We're not going to improve disparities until we get more people treating people who look like people. But you know where those people are? Those people are in Africa. So, one of the, mm-hmm. so we can partner... If we look at, because we'll, to a certain extent, it'd be difficult for us to graduate enough medical doctors and nurses here to fill the gap. But they're in Africa. They're in Cuba. They're in, they're in these other South America. If we reach the point that we develop a relationship with the African universities and work out a system where we can bring phys- nurses and physicians out of Africa into America, we don't have to worry about this type of system. We can take care of ourselves. But we missed it in our HBCUs. We need to join a relationship with the African universities and educate and train our people, and, and then we don't have to worry about the white majority. The Filipino nurses mm-hmm. coming over here taking advantage of it, and they're coming oh, in sure. they, 20 at a time in, in Southeast Texas, 20, exactly. 20 a month. Easy. Yeah, that that's been used for a long period of time. We started, saw the shortage of nurses. That's been going on for years. So why see, right. we see why the nurses from, uh, from, uh, from uh, Haiti are kept in Mexico and not let in this country. We need to be working on, well, we're working on a project where we will partner with black uni- uh, universities and healthcare professionals to sit in Africa. Of course, they have to go through all the guidelines for us, you know, coming over and practice it. We just need to set that system up because we won't graduate. Okay, they, See, another issue, if we're going to do the octopus, if we're going to do the octopus, octopus doc, we need to do South America. It's right next door. Oh, we got well, all these black that's folks in our hemisphere. And, and, and we and we and I mentioned this before. Uh, you know, we need to see what we can. We need to focus on. Yeah, because we've been focused on Africa. So we got them in the sights. We need to bring in South America because there's a lot of talent out there. Because see, people don't realize there there were more there were more slaves brought in in South America than in America. So yeah, that when we had the opportunity to look at what was happening across the board and develop that relationship with South America. That's where we missed it, and we can correct that by developing that relationship. You know, another thing that's happening in this country, I just saw a recent report, the difficulty of blacks going, uh, completing residencies. You know, when we talk about getting more blacks into health care, 
Look at oh, the absolutely. recent report by how many how many black I mean brilliant there was a that was a young lady yep. brilliant young blacks who finished the black schools and other schools with all sorts of accolades. They get into these right. medical schools when they graduate these medical schools, they get into these residency programs. Look at your special for example, urology. I think something like two percent of the urologists in this country are black. And you get into the area like E and T and other areas is even less. But what's happening is they, they stress they're being, them out. They're they being kicked. Out. They're being kicked. They're being kicked out of these elite, protective residency programs. Uh, same thing like uh, doc uh, with, with my uh, uh, psychology. You know, I, I have so many years in my my uh, retirement. I, I can't afford to walk away from my semi retirement uh, package that I have and go and do the hours that's mandated by me to become a, a family therapist. You know, licensed mm-hmm. by the state of Texas. I think it's some five thousand hours that it takes before you start getting paid. I don't know how people even do it. These young people, how can they afford to do it? After you finish your mm-hmm. degree, after you get everything that you need, that, I mean, <laughs> and don't even think about getting a PhD in it. That, that's a mm-hmm. whole other world, you know. So, mm-hmm. so to get mm-hmm. certified by the state of Texas, you have so many hours you have to do clinical hours. Mhm. 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 And see, also what's happening these students when they're all these loans uh, get into the medical school, all those those loans, and when they get kicked out of a residency right. program with all those loans, they have to they leave yep. those programs with those loans still over their head. So if they change profession, go somewhere else or whatever, they still have those loans. And these are brilliant. Yep. These, these these are brilliant students. I mean, they, I saw a report Karen right now. This young lady from I think from uh, Mohouse, she was um, a whole. All sort of accolades and everything, but when she got into a residency program, there, there was a change of her her administrator person, different attitude, and she and her numbers, her scores, her reports, and everything went downhill mainly because yep. of her new supervisor. So it wasn't her yep. talents and everything; it was a person. And that's that. And look at the number of blacks in the ENT and all these other specialties, neurosurgery. You look at all these elite residencies, all these private. They're making all this money. How many minorities you see in those programs? Is because they're drawn well, out in the residency program. Doc, and then once they get into those programs, I, I have a uh, second cousin. She's in uh, Dallas area right now, uh, mm-hmm. an- anesthesiologist. And mm-hmm. listen, she's making the money. She 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 survived all of that. And mm-hmm. but in order to to pay back her student loans, she's sixty seven years of age before she's prospering at the level that she should. And then on top oh, of yeah. that, she's working mad hours. I mean, she's getting up three a.m. Huh. in the morning. And working for oh, yes. four thirty five o'clock in the afternoons. Yes, 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 yes. The demand is there. You know, oh, oh, yo, it's there. But then somebody you mentioned those student loans. Someone asked me the other day, why why what is why is it taking President Biden so long to eliminate those student loans when on his when he was running for office that was one of the supposedly one of his priorities. So what what is the hold up there? Because you got you have a whole lot of people. You know, and, and minority people who've gone after those advanced degrees and all that and everything, they have all these loans over their head. Now, what, what's where's that? What's the status of that? Or what's this reason? What's what's the what's the hold up? Anybody understand that? Democrats uh, aren't doing anything. I'm gonna let y'all handle it until after November. I, I have a whole lot <laughs> I can say about that. But I'm gonna be careful because I I, I was I was a <laughs> okay. current candidate. They can make change, and trust me, I have a whole lot to say. But I don't want anybody to say, "Hey, these elections were caused <laughs> because of so and so said this and that." No, it, 
I have, I'm going to let Brother Arthur speak now. Uh, this this <laughs> uh, program is brought to you by uh, <laughs> A Taste of Northern Delight. We found on, uh, yeah, 703 North, uh, it was it, uh, North Martin Luther King? Yeah, Martin Luther <laughs> yes, King, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and here, you know, that, that whole student loan setup was another setup. You know, after we came out of integration, after we came out of setting with the, you know, the end of the last separation movement, we, you know, the promise was we're going to be able to go to college, get our degree, and be treated equally. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? That was another trap. You, you got you, you got in college, got your degrees, and you got too many of them, you couldn't get a job because you was, quote, overqualified. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, so I'm just saying, and then, and then you left with the debt. Now you got the right. debt, can't get a job because you're too smart. Right. So, right. You know, uh, 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 you know, the bottom line of it is, you know, Biden needs to go ahead and do the right thing, relieve that debt. That'll be like a stimulus for our community if he do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and I think he need to do it again. Again, you know, he's so old school. He's so old school. He still, you know, because mm-hmm. you know them cats. Those cats was doing all this stuff. He used to do the stuff with them. They they was all right. together, you know, whether it be Rita Hill, whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, War on Drugs, you know. I mean, he was with them. Mm-hmm. So he, he mm-hmm. them, and, and, you know, and he just, for some reason, he just still thinks, he, he kind of reminds me of Obama. He just still thinks he can talk to him for some reason. I don't know what he thinks that's special. You know, he right. thinks he, yeah, he can talk to him. You know, Mitch McConnell, my friend. Really? Right, you know, you say stuff like that. I, you know, I, I, I get excited. Your friend. Yep. Oh yeah, they each other's uh, god kids and god parents and and go to bar mitzvahs together and go to. And I'm going like, wait a minute, the only people fighting are us. They're not fighting. They're right. their best friends. I even heard. I, I, I'm, I'm just jump out there for a second. John Robert Lewis said something about. I forget who it was, but he said, "I'm the I'm the, your godfather. Uh, I'm the godfather of your kids." While they were arguing. You know when things started getting heated up. Mark Meadows. Come on, online. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes, I'm yes. I'm the only one that heard that. Yeah, you remember homeboy from uh, I, what's the guy? Uh, Cummins, the one that the the one from Maryland that died. Elijah Cummins remember, from Maryland. Elijah. Mm-hmm. Elijah, you were talking yeah. about uh, uh, Mark Meadows. They're my friend. They're my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're my right. friend. I'm going. Friend. You ain't your friend. Now look what his right. friend did. Yep. Uh huh. Mark Meadows, he's one of the ones who openly talked multiple times on the floor of the house about the shortage of white babies and the Mm -hmm. over-representation of white families who wanted to adopt white babies. And so, you know. Mark Meadows, look here, but I mean, what Cummins used it, you know, know, Mark Meadows got, he he got uh, he, uh on I guess he got a black grandbaby or something. So you know so right. you yeah, know Meadows yeah. Yeah, yeah. he mad. See, he mad. Yeah. He upset. Mm-hmm. He upset about that. Yeah, Mark said, Meadows oh, told yeah, the I whole I have a black friend but but this was his grandchild. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh-huh, that. Uh huh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, it's a I can't That's possibly it. be racist, yeah. Uh-huh. I couldn't well, be racist. Says racist I got, things and does racist things and advocates for yeah, racist policies. That's your policies. grandson's baby. That ain't your baby. Heck, you, 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 it make you not racist because you got a black grandbaby. Had a slave man right. that had, had, had black grandbabies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
been a slave person with a white father, then we all understand that <laughs> having offspring <laughs> doesn't make you not racist. Right. Just doesn't. Does right. not make you not racist. That's a control too. That's control technique. Right. You know, look, look at me. Here's my token grandbaby. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know, it, 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 it just it's doesn't work. It's you know, his black friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like Jeb, Jeb Bush. You know, he come in Texas yeah. and, you know, he, he wants to be what Brother Arthur is always talking about. It's a status of being white. And, you know, the only yeah. time they bring up the Hispanic mother or, or grandmother or whatever uh, <laughs> is when it's to say that, hey, we're minorities also. But no, you're not. Well, you know what? It's been quiet as it kept. Quiet as it kept. You know, Laura Bush, from what I'm saying, you know, she's Hispanic. You know, she just ain't never, they, 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 don't, they don't hype it. But, you know, yeah. Laura Bush, supposedly, is, is, is a, you know, Hispanic also. I mean, well, uh, you know, George is white. The status of white is, is, is what you're fighting. It's not necessarily yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, she's got status. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had white status. Yeah, he's a white Hispanic. Right, right. His last name is Cruz, but everybody, you know, but 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 the veil was removed, and you know, and I'm trying not to preach. The veil was removed, and we get to see uh, all of the realities of, of, of the puppet masters, and and, and mm-hmm. then yeah. the, and then everybody felt like they've been rewarded for being it. Now everybody's trying to rush to the right, and I'm more. The uh, conservative Donald Trump, and I'm more dogmatic, and I'm more this, and, and, and the rhetoric that's going along with it. And, you know, I, I'm listening, and I, I walk through the miles now on purpose and listen to conversations, and and uh, these people are not afraid to speak their pieces. And, and so now you hear Anglo women that's 62, 65 years of age talking about, yeah, well, I, even if there's incest or if there's rape, uh, you yeah. know, that, that child needs to be born. And put it up for adoption. We need more more children to be adopted in. You know, so the rhetoric that, you know, even when you try to have that conversation. Yes. Uh, if, it were, if it was my daughter, I would still just, you know, we have to do the right, right. thing. Right. But, but, well, you know, but the whole thing is driven by fear. Remember, remember the whole thing is driven by fear. I grew up uh, with, you know, the, the white people I grew up with and went to school with. Uh, they were, uh, you know, I grew up where they showed you a map where uh, Africa was the same size as the United States. And you can put the United States inside Africa about five times. I, they, mm-hmm. they grew up like I did. Uh, we would understand that white people are the majority of people in the world. I mean, that's just what they would do. I mean, that's what I grew up with. Right. Now, think about that. Okay, right. now okay, now we get grown. Technology shows up. Reality shows up. Hey, you know, you know now a lot of white people are scared behind it because you know because they they know that they was taught a lie now. Right. And so, right. oh yeah. You know, and now they're scared. And now they're scared. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, can, I mean, look here. Think about that. If you grew up thinking you was one thing, and the world was one thing, and then you get right. there, and then you finally realize that ain't what that is. Right. And it's like. Well, uh-oh. and whether or not you admit it to yourself, you also know that the implications are that you got a whole heck of a lot coming your way if these people are the same mentality as white people have historically been. All indications mm-hmm. say that's not the case, or we would have been right. <laughs> wiped off the map by now. But that's that's part of it, too. These, these you know, people like, especially the just blatantly racist ones, 
they know they know what their what the, what blood is on their back. They know mm-hmm. what what kind of karma should be coming their way, and they're just afraid because they project that everybody must be just as brutal and disgusting and sick as the people they come from, and like they would like to be if they could openly be everything that they wanted to be. I mean that you know mm-hmm. that's part of it too. We can't forget for a lot. Of, it's a sickness. And part of the sickness is that we have a whole lot of that mentality, too. And can I also add, I want to say this uh, because it, it, it piggybacks on to what was just said about, um, you know, basically speaking for women, speaking for your daughters. Oh, well, that, I think that's a sad thing. If my daughter was raped, you know, it's always some man who is not going to change his position on it but has – such power to set policy on it or, I don't know, appoint several activist judges who can change, you know, take away a right. Um, but I, I've shared this before, but I just think it's it's worth sharing again and just pointing something out that, you know, as many listeners who have listened for a long time know, when I was just nine days after my 17th birthday, I had a child. And I remember that was a, a traumatic time in my life. Uh, the the entire way that it came about was a traumatic situation. Uh, you know, the whole thing. It was a confusing time. It was a, a scary time. It was traumatic. But I want to point out that the way that my parents raised me, they raised me with their, you know, values and morals. But they also explained that the world we lived in meant that if something were like you know were to happen i would have these various choices that i would be faced with but that these were all the different options and they you know would say things like you know i just you know i want to be open and honest about your options because i know how i've raised you so i have an idea of how you would choose if you were in that situation so when that a situation came up in my life without any, you know, coaching or whatever, I had a free choice. And I was able to make that free choice, and I chose an adoption plan for that child. Uh, but I, I always say this, and I truly mean it. If I would have had to make that choice as more of a, a caged rat <laughs> trapped in a corner with one option that's halfway decent and one option that's terrible or no option at all, I just can't imagine that I would have been able to be level-headed for that, you know, very relatively short period of time where I was clear and level-headed and adult-like and able able to make a very sound, good decision um, Mm -hmm. with all the options ahead of me. Women make good choices a lot of times. And when you trust women to make their choices, and if you're parents out there and you want to speak for your daughters, why don't you let your daughters speak for themselves? They'll, if you raised your children in a way that, that you feel comfortable with and you're happy with and you could be proud of, then you don't have to be afraid of the choices that they make. So I just want to point that out because, you know, we started – talking a little bit about the, you know, if my daughter were this or that, it just, it irks me to no end. Exceptions. When people mention exceptions, that almost even irks me. 
even though I too am, if we're going to have this ban, obviously I want exceptions. But you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how somebody gets pregnant. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. You have to be in control of your own body if you are a American citizen. Period. That just that has to be the standard that we live by. So I just wanted to throw all that out there. Well, whatever happened to family? You know, they used to be having family values and get the government out of right. the bedroom and. Right, right, and they, exactly. And, and, and they was coming in the bedroom the whole time. They were saying all that. Yes. And you know, but I, I, you know, but it's just, it's just so the hypocrisy. I mean, it's just out in the open. But I'm glad it's out in the open, y'all, so everybody right. can see it. Easier to see. So now, Easier to see. And so now everybody can see it. Don't don't play like you so ain't we, seen we, what we you saw seeing. coming. It's just like the leak of the letter, you know. Um, yeah. Before from the Supreme Court. That was on purpose, you know, and I'm screaming right. over here from the mountaintop. And, and everybody, right. well, they're talking, I say, guys, you're doing exactly what they want you to do. So in three months, they're going to reveal what they're going to do. And so they're, mm-hmm. and Clarence Thomas is, is, is foreshadowing it again. He's doing it again. Yeah. So they're, they're not going yeah. away. So, so we have to, and I love your story, uh, Ms. Rihanna. Uh, you know, in Thank my you. family, we, 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 yeah, a wonderful story, you know. And actually, you know, this can actually trigger PTSD in your life dealing with yeah. these type of conversations. You know, that's a true but it's also statement. an opportunity. But it's also an opportunity to continue the healing. I tell people all the time. I say, when yeah. you deal with trauma, there's no such thing as complete healing. It, uh, it, it's, it's a continuous, uh, arduous task that you must uh, mm-hmm. participate in. Because uh, if you leave yeah. it alone, uh, it, it's not healthy. You know. So uh, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, but in in our family. Let me add, my daughter, my oldest daughter that that I gave uh, up for adoption uh, just got engaged, everybody. So, okay, Uh, go ahead. Oh, excellent. That's my point, exactly. You still know (laughs) and you're still involved. So so we have family. We're big enough. And so the thing is, Pastor Uncle Michael says, yeah, he's pro-life. But at the same time, pro-life means that Christ came that you might have life more abundant. Pro-life is having your choice to choose yeah. life because of these morals. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a guy on this show that used to say, what's the voice of moral authority? Well, we set up these morals, and, and so you made good, sound decisions morally for you, your family, your baby, and everything. So now you have this child that's engaged. So watch this. In our family, we, we said, we're not going to spill the blood. So if there's no reason for rape or incest and, or no other medical reason that if it's just a, oh, oh, well, that's fine. Someone in the family is going to adopt. So we have our own adoption agency, and it goes through here. <laughs> and, and we find someone in the family. Y'all, let me tell you some of the best pictures in the world. I love Facebook. We have everybody that looks like everybody. Everyone has this forehead. Everyone has these ears. Everyone has this nose. <laughs> But what the, the secret in some of those photos is that I can mix and match children where other people that are a little bit better economically sound, uh, yeah. more spiritually prepared, more uh, set up. And, and now those kids, there's two or three in different sets of kids, the same father mm-hmm. and mother, but two or three different other people raising those children. And right. everyone mm-hmm. is happy and excited. No one's sad and miserable. No one's mm-hmm. depressed about it. And the world is mm-hmm. never for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's, you know, for people who have that kind of support system, 
uh, among yeah. their family, and you know, yeah. then it's it just can be such a beautiful thing. I hope everybody out there who doesn't know much about adoption, whether it's within families or open, like I did, um, you know, yeah. to to meet and become family with another family in a way. Um, you right. know, however it is, it's just a beautiful yeah. option. Um, mm. And it's if you have that kind of support system, then you can make that kind of decision a little bit easier. But if you mm. are out there and you do not have, you know, if you're, if you're from a, an abusive home or a neglectful home yeah. or a good yeah. home, but you have no money and, and perhaps no, not from a family of people who are particularly skilled at, right. you know, Various things, you know, whatever right. the case may be, not everybody has that kind of support system. So to to cut right, an right. option away from people um, mm-hmm. who just may not have the uh, you know luxury of a support system mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Again, I just mm-hmm. have to say it's um, mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to make a, a beautiful decision, uh, you know, to choose life, but the word choice is there. The 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 mm-hmm. ability to choose it. Is so different from being forced into mm-hmm. uh, a situation yeah. like that because you know what, whatever Amy Coney Barrett may believe about forced birth adoption, it is forced, and mm-hmm. no adoption mm-hmm. is easy. No adoption ever mm-hmm. as easy but and beautiful as mine was. It was the mm-hmm. most difficult thing ever. And I just, again, I can't imagine that it would have been such a beautiful experience had I had to make that choice among no other options. It just right, feels right. different. It changes mm-hmm. everything about it. And I just, mm. you know, I, I just want to well, I'm glad that you didn't have Louis Gomer. Well, I'm glad you didn't have Louis Gomer in your <laughs> Good Lord. Good no, no, Lord. No, I, I asked the question, what is, what is the plan? You know, uh, you know. Um, for example, individuals out there have no choice; they don't know. They, what? What is it? I know it's not a national. Is there a national plan or to help uh, information <laughs> training, <laughs> healthcare? They didn't even put healthcare in place. They didn't codify healthcare before they ripped this choice away. And again, poor women and women of color, in particular, are going to be disproportionately affected with negative yep. health outcomes and life yep. outcomes. Yep. Abuse, and it is your to the organizations. They, they, they weren't just sitting around like bumps on the log. They knew this was coming. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Were ranged, they, they ranged financial assistance. They arranged all kinds of right. uh, underground railroad situations where they can help uh, mm-hmm. as many people as they can get to where they need to right. to get this done. Republicans plan for it too. They're trying to strip funding from school lunch programs in preparation for this. So, you Republicans have a plan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, so yeah. The ballot's on. Oh, oh, the ballot's joined. Is what I'm saying. The ballot's joined. It's, 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 right. This no, is one that, of the, right. This is one of the first skirmishes. This is one of the first major skirmishes in this uh, unofficial civil war. I'm calling it unofficial right now. This right. is an unofficial civil war, and this is the first salvo. This is like the, you know, like Fort Sumter. You know, they come and, uh, uh, you know, attack Fort Sumter. Okay, that's what this mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Attack mm-hmm. Fort Sumter. But I, I would say those who are being affected the most need to come up with a plan. 
See, we've yeah. been sitting around too long. All these groups yeah. that they have a plan and everything. You look at the results out here in America. There, there yeah. are no results for all these groups who. Hit. So I would say right now, if you, are, we need to people who be need to be affected. Uh, being affected need to be on the committee. They need to be part of the plan. They need they they need to be making a decision because there is a money trail out there, and that money trail is not leading and not including the people most affected because they have no voice. That's right. I would I That's would suggest right. this this what's what's boiling down is this typical old America strategy. All these yeah. people who say they there they got a plan in place they've been thinking, but look at the results. Right. The results. Here's the Republican plan. They just they just told you at their convention. They said they want to get rid of the Voting Rights Act. John Cornyn yeah. said you want to get rid of the Voting Rights Act. You expect that. Well, you expect no, that. No, when they brought us over on the slave ship. When they brought us over on the slave ship and you know, when they brought us no, on the slave ship and do slavery and do plantation, we, you know, and what's happening that. right now in, in health care, people who need to be affected. I'm not going to let them off the hook, I expect well, no, that. They, no, no, they no, have no, that plan. Well, 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 yeah, I know, you know I got a plan, too. I got a plan, too. Well, you know, we see the person without without first plan is one to win. The person who sit around and says, I've got a plan, and that's American history. Look who went down. We all supposed to have a plan, but look at the results. We see that health care. All these people sitting around in health care, all these people sitting around with a plan, why in the world are black male twice a dying of white male in the United States? Where are the people with right. the plan? We, when we look at the uh, informality deal, where have the people yeah. been with the plan? And to see what's going to happen, these uh, same people who couldn't pretend to have a plan. plan. It's an octopus plan. It's an octopus plan. Well, no, I mean, you already told what the plan obviously, is. Obviously, <laughs> they're not using it. You, you, Nobody you, 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 used you already told us what it is. It's an octopus huh? plan. So that's the plan. It's the plan, Doc. You already told us. It's an octopus plan. Well, I know it. They need to implement it. They, somebody need to, oh, okay. you know, so that's saying, just, you can talk, so you ain't got to you ask talk about all You need to tell folks what the answer is. Tell us what the answer is. You can give oh, us the right. answer. See, tell us now. See, see, yeah, because you need to hear the problem. Oh, yeah. See, see the, the occupancy plan gives you a solution. You don't have all these people sitting around saying we have a plan. Then when you look at the results, the results are not dec- uh, documented that people have a plan. So how mm. where we sit here and let black males twice die and white males, where is the plan? Just like what's happening with the infamentality. Uh, where, where are these yeah. people being when, when like this all that is systematic, though. But, like, you know, all that is systematic. You know that's systematic. That's systematic. Well, that's what they look at through the insurance actuaries, for those know what those are. That's how they figure out how many people are going to live or die. Well, we, they we, can we, put. We, they, they know. They, they, they know. They know because I work in healthcare. They know they can add this much money to the healthcare system, and these many people live. They know they can take this much out, yeah. and these many people. Well, they same know with, that same with, well, say in the prison system, the state of Texas know how many prisons yeah. live because of, so, of the kids okay, so at, the, their, at the their is, grade. And so what I'm saying to you is, Doc, you're asking what's the plan. Look, look, now, what I'm saying is that you asking what's the plan like if somebody got what? a plan somewhere. There, well, there is a they plan. They don't have a plan. I just told you what it was. You, you know, that's the plan. How do we get around that? What's the plan to get around that systematic thing that goes on, that every time we make a move financially, the system is there to crush us? I mean, you know, how do we, 
Well, you know, what's the plan for that? You know, that's what we need because, to focus on. And I think because, every, because, individual, every individual can lay a brick. Every individual, you know, get them a plan. Okay, who laying a brick? Who laying a brick? I, I'm laying a brick. Who, who are laying who are, who are laying the bricks in America? You look go down this go out in construction I'm laying a brick. See, I, I, you know, no, well go go brick. down go, go look go down and see on the highway instructions and everything. Look who laying the bricks. Oh, you looking mean house Well, I'm oh, you mean little brick. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I got about the you talking about the little the construction workers. He's talking about economics. That's Hispanic. Uh, Latino uh, uh, okay, that, that yeah. folks that's coming over here. Yeah, that, that, that's what he's talking about, and that's what it is. I, I was waiting for yeah. somebody to say it's economic. Yeah. It's economic power, <laughs> entrepreneurship. Yeah. That's where it is. Yeah. And, the system well, is rigged, and, the system, and the system is rigged. Donald Trump said he, he said it's rigged. He said well, no, it was, it was rigged. No, this system this, this, this is rigged before Donald Trump. We, can, we can't blame Donald Trump. I know Trump it. I know it. I know it. I know so it. We can't give it. Nothing is rigged against Donald Trump. So how do we address the rigged system? It was rigged against the system. What's the plan to 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 to, to, to do something about the, to, to to get our stuff done in spite of this rigged system? That's the, I mean, well, that's the, the question. Well, like it's well, kind of like, like what Dr. Hagman's doing with the uh, Octopus yeah. program. You have to go back in and demand sitting, controlled individuals, uh, your governors, your lieutenant governors, your your uh, uh, county uh, judges, all these folks. You have to demand that money. There's money that's been earmarked. The, uh, Communities have been developed. Uh, people are, are receiving assistance uh, for renters assistance and, and all this stuff. That money is there and available. So we have to hold them accountable. We can't wait to, for someone to say, oh, we got a Democrat in the office. Oh, well, you got an independent in the office. No, we have to do like the forefathers did, Dr. Martin Luther King did in the 60s yep. and 70s, and, and demand yep. Uh, yep. This action now. Not yet. And you can look for greater action later, but we have to start demanding it now from those in office. Yeah. We can't wait. We can no longer wait. That's right. That's right. That's That's exactly right. Well, I mean, and I've mentioned this before. We've talked about this before, too. Like, uh, for example, when uh, the Senate was doing a hearing on uh, reparations, and Ta-Nehisi Coates read a passage from his book to Mitch McConnell and and posed just a simple question, basically, Mitch McConnell uh, believes that reparations are overdue. Mitch McConnell laughed, laughed out loud at even yeah, the no. idea of reparations. So the narrative has to change too. That's something all of us can do uh, together. Change the narrative. It, like the fact that anyone could laugh, at the, but that's what they've done to the idea of reparations. It's, it's taken away the egregiousness of the fact that we have yet to pay them, that we have yet to atone in any kind of way uh, to where a sitting senator, the sitting Senate majority leader at the time, could laugh when asked that question, when asked that question uh, by a black man. And he could, you know, so that's, he was able to do that and still sit where he is uh, in part because of what they've done to the narrative. So if we change the narrative on, on some of these systemic and systematic things, uh, that's uh, that's part of our octopus, octopus plan, I'd say. Um, 
that we have to get control of the narrative of these fundamental issues to where they are no longer back burner issues. Because Voting Rights Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act was, was hot for about a, a minute, and now we don't talk about it uh, at all. Uh, I talk about you it. Know, well, no, we do, but, but we don't hear the people who we voted into office because they were talking about it don't talk about it anymore. So we have to, no matter what politicians are doing, we have to control the narrative. We just absolutely have to. The people that's running for office are not talking about it. This, 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 the right, that's, that's right. Office, our people that's running for office are, and, and, yeah. this, and that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to be quiet until after November, <laughs> uh, November but I, I, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being sick and tired, which is the reason why my, my campaign has been built upon the narrative of which we're speaking of tonight. And I'm tired of uh, going along to get along. I'm tired of people that I'm tired of yelling in the street. No, I'm. You are my city representative. You are my congressman. You are my right. state senator. I have to run to Dallas to go get a a, a, a Royce West. Yeah, Royce West out of Dallas. That's not even my precinct because he's an African American senator, state senator. No, uh, I have to go to Houston to to find a congresswoman or congressman, Al Green. She's exactly. They're the congressperson for the whole entire state of Texas because they're the only one that's listening to No, I'm going to go in my backyard, and I'm going to knock at your door. I'm going to have the media mm-hmm. with me. I'm going to uh, send emails. I'm going to write. I'm going to call, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to keep continue knocking. And at some point, even the most conservative Republicans are going to say, wait a minute, these are some serious issues here. And these mm-hmm. issues affect yeah. them and their children because there's only exactly. 1% that is not affecting them. And in the state of Texas, we have just yeah. as poor people as we have black and brown people. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, I'm going to focus mm-hmm. on my, my folks going forward is going to be, uh, uh, I'm going to be focusing on uh, 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 the, uh, the African-American vote, uh, African-American information. I want, uh, I'm going to just focus on, and I've talked to Mike about it, uh, 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 from a perspective of getting them information about, you know, about voting, about about issues, about about what the, you know, giving you know candidates grades, you know, what they what they're actually doing, uh, you know, we need to actually, and then and then you know uh, have them recognize that they are a voting block. Talk about mm-hmm. the power, uh, educate them about how they can coalition and make things happen, get their issues. Ran statewide, and, and so you know, and, and so that's what I'm going to be doing because because until me as an African American and being and like I say again, Republicans they just said they want to get rid of the Voting Rights Act. Hey yeah. y'all, we can't wait till they start getting rid of it before we do anything. Right. We got to start doing something now. And 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 as African American, I'm not going to sit around and wait on Joe Biden and and the Democrats to do it. They're not going to do it. Right. They playing politics. Right. They're playing politics. Right. They're, you know, they're playing politics. So we need to be doing something besides politics with with, with yeah. these mm-hmm. issues because be because I'm telling you, you know, they say, oh no, we're not going to bother all that. Yeah, they will. He said mm-hmm. anything that ain't in the that, that, that's not historically in the Constitution. Hey, he went back to what, twelve hundred, yeah, something like that. Uh, you're talking yeah. talk about some cat crazy. So I'm just saying that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they just you know they won't just take our rights and. Again, yeah. I told you all before, they want to put the South African model in place. It's called an yeah. oligarchy. But no matter yeah. how you vote, uh, it won't make no difference because they got all the money. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and so, unless we get this straight, you know, uh, you know that that, that uh, you know, you know, economic 
uh, distribution pattern is so skewed toward a few having all that money to now we have to wait till some a group of millionaires get together, and now we gotta go see what they talking about doing. Were they on our side or were they on the Democratic side, Republican side? And so, right. and that's what we got right now. We got billionaires, got all that money, ain't got nothing else to do. Now they all up in our business. Yeah. Got all that money and right. board. Well, I guess I'll go be a politician. I think I'll go be president. I think I'll go run the world. <laughs> wow. Well, if yep. we can't we can't forget the uh the these billionaires that we're talking about. An awful lot of them also happen to have these really deeply held, completely irrational and radical ideas about the religion yeah, and, and, uh, and that everyone money. else should yeah yeah exactly i mean it's just a lot of these billionaires are also bat crap crazy and they would love a theocracy and you know <laughs> look no further than the supreme court for any evidence of that i mean this is the things that Clarence Thomas is talking about, you know, well, now we need to fix these other things that are wrong. They talk, they whine and complain and moan for years about how we're shoving everything down their throats. We're shoving the fact that gay and trans people exist down their throats, apparently. We're shoving the fact that some women need to have, you know, different health options than others down their throats. So. They take rights away. The Roman in, Empire. In mm-hmm. The Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was a bisexual society. The Spartans. Yeah. Bisexual exactly. societies. Bisexual societies. And so, yeah. and so when I see, and so when I see uh, my white brethren over here uh, making, a, you know, they, they they just be really tripping. Uh, you know, they don't want nobody to be gay. And see, and they hold, yeah. and, and it's just, and it's a normal thing in their history. The Romans, that's what they were. It's not I mean, new. That's what they did. It's not new. That's what they did. Right. So, you know, right. so, you know, again, you know, but when you put forth a lie about your history, and you lie uh-huh. about everybody else's history, yep. and then it come a time when they can't, you can't cover everything up, now you just freak out. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey, well, no, no, you know, we, we, we hate that, so, you know, don't look at us. You know, right. So. Well, and look at the the other uh, Supreme Court decision, the uh, the prayer in school decision. Just like every it, this happened after the Civil War. <laughs> this happened uh, right after one of the first attempts at integration, where all of a sudden we have to start putting God all over everything, our money, our school, you know, and it the whole point. The, the only reason that Pastor Cooper is able to be Pastor Cooper and say what he says so freely and believe what he believes so freely is because our government is supposed to be secular. Like the, mm-hmm. a, a secular government is the only way to truly protect <laughs> your absolute right to, to your religion. And when these people will ever get that, I don't know. But, you know, now now we're back to this place where we're going to start adding God in everywhere, too, to fill in every yep. blank we can and stamp it all over yep. new money and all that. See, we used to, that happened back in slavery when we went and prayed in the field. We prayed in the woods when they wouldn't allow us to pray. See, what we need to do, you don't have to go in a church and pray. You 
Well, we got that, that, that old song that you don't mean shouting your church. I'm going to shout right here. We need to learn how to praise God and shout where we are. Don't don't let the system design where you can pray. And mm-hmm. They knew that. That was part of the integration to get you in the area where they can control you. We didn't realize that. Yeah. We didn't even want one. Yeah. We didn't even own one bus. So what Christian feels that I, I can only pray in a in a public school system? Hold my mule. I'll right. pray right where I am. And that's the problem. We are praying yeah. and we will pray to places we should be praying. We bypass in those places trying to go to a place that somebody's going to regulate you and tell you when to pray. If we, if we, see, if we understood back in slavery, we didn't have to go to somebody for school to pray. We prayed in the field. We prayed right. in the cotton field. So what we had to do as right. a race of people, we had, to, we had to get back praying where our God can hear us <laughs> and where God knows. And that's why I'm praying to him and, and, and praying to him and not pray to no school system, no pray to no yeah, party, no pray to exactly. no government. And so, exactly. see, God, see, 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 somebody need to go back and, and let us know what God blessed. God blessed us on the slave ship. They shot it on the yeah. uh, slave ship. You know, in, 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 in the cotton fields, we shot it. Oh, now we don't go in the cotton fields because it's work. <laughs> you know, we oh, need to go back to the cotton fields and back in the woods. And we need to go back in our neighborhood and pray. You need to take a black neighborhood, what's appearing in all these neighborhoods and everything. Well, we need a big prayer session. In our neighborhood, I was t- we were working on a project. Remember the old black male courts? I was telling we were working on an idea. Black male choir get out and sing. You know who God? You don't care about basket. What our problem? We need to God need to. So we need to get back. And pray in the cotton field. Pray. Hey, 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 Doc. Hey, hey, Doc. Uh, uh, Red Mike. Red Mike said some one time. He said. He said. Uh, he, he said. Uh, uh, you know. You know. Black folks. You know. We've been taught. You know. We've been taught. You know. Uh, to pray in a way where it ain't. You know. Ain't nothing never gonna happen. He, he said. We. He said. We pray. He said. First thing we do. First thing we do, we tell Lord how we ain't worthy. <laughs> I'm just not worthy. I, uh, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a no good low down Lord. But have mercy. And then, and then he, said, he, he said, if you pray like that, he said, you ain't gonna get nothing. He well, said, you know just why? You, ain't worthy. you know why we there, man? Well, while we, while we got to that, point, that way, I, we were talking like that through that two, with that two hundred fifty word uh, slave Bible. So that's where all that right. came See, from, you know. Right. See, where we, while we got in there, we feel that you use Jesus' name in everything we do. We people drive down the street, eat meals, go wherever. We don't use Jesus enough. We 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 afraid to use the word Jesus enough. That's why people can tell you to do these things because you don't believe it yourself. See, people going to church, you go out of church, you need to believe who God is. You need to know, not only know, and God needs to know who you, that you know that he knows. And see, that's our problem. See, we want everybody else. We're living by somebody else's standard. See, so hey, we hey, need hey, to Pastor recognize. Cooper, huh? Pastor Scoop, he knows this. Your body, your body is the temple. The church ain't the temple. Your body yeah. is the temple. So, so, so right. you pray, so you pray that you need to be so, praying from the temple, from the inside, from the well, inside that's out. That's what I'm saying. And that's what we're not doing. You put Jesus oh, in the oh, body temple every day. That's what I'm talking about. Don't say that's what, uh, just say some of us 
That's what some of oh, us well, I'm, ain't I'm, doing. I'm just talking about in general. Enough of us, let's put it this way, not enough of us talk that way. A few of us. Okay. When more, like we're talking about like a protest, we don't need to be protesting in the street. We need to go press. That's a protest we need to be doing. We need to be on our knees and recognize who God is and re- recognize he blessed us a long time ago. It's not no, and, 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 and so we need to act and recognize who've been blessing us and who've been keeping us all along. And forget about all these rules and regulations try to play somebody else's game. That's a no-win situation. We need right. to wake up everything we do, every minute we do, every step we need to do, we need to use Jesus' name and thank him for all this stuff on a daily basis. Doc, we need to develop a communication. Let me just say this, Doc. You know, that, you know now I'm like, so I pray with my eyes open. But then you know, it puts in your heart. <laughs> so that's it's your heart. And, and, and it's I want to add... I just want to add to this and not take away from it in any way, but I want to add because I know we have a lot of listeners out there who will um, who will be waiting for this. But this includes uh, not necessarily the concept of prayer, but this this whole idea that we're talking about. This, of course, includes our brothers and sisters who are secular humanists, who are agnostic or atheists. Mm-hmm. You are no mm-hmm. less citizen. Mm-hmm than anyone else and whatever it is that you celebrate and are blessed by in your life, you know, you shouldn't be forced any more than anybody else to mm-hmm. have to listen to your coach's prayer over your game or whatever. Um, that, mm-hmm. uh, you're included in this idea that we're talking about, that that mm-hmm. nothing needs to be forced on American citizens. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I this, you know, I feel like what what was just said um, to to some people may not have come across as an inclusive message, but to me it came across as extremely inclusive because I understood what Dr. Hagney was talking about. He, um, it, 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 you're included in the message that he just delivered. I just want you to know that out there. Yeah, and further to uh, Ms. Rihanna's point is that when you're talking about in God we trust on your uh, money, in God we trust on your uh, automobile when uh, the police department's going by. That, that came from a, a way of thinking. That has nothing to do with yes. Muhammad. It has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do yes. with uh, Islam. It has nothing to do with any of that. That has to do with the deity. They're in control, and they consider themselves God. So they're not yes. talking about your spiritual God, your religious God. That's right. They're talking about them. That's right. And they're the God of the land. Anglo-white male, males think they're run yeah. the land. And so that's yeah. their, that's what they're representing. They want you to represent them. So this thing that yeah. Dr. Hagen was talking about earlier um, and, and that type of prayer, you, you don't need organized prayer for that. And, and again, right. it's not a mandatory anything. It's just where you feel the, the right. spirit, you move. And, and I have not yet uh, heard a, uh, especially a priest or from any organization. And I've been in the Muslim temples, some of the greatest in the world, and, and felt the Holy Spirit. I was like, what was that? And um, and heard Jesus Christ's name mentioned. And, but the world will have you think that we're so divided that we can't help one another. And that's not what right. Jesus did. Jesus talked to the prostitute on uh, his great great grandmother Rahab, which is, you know, was his great grandmother. Uh, you had the woman at the well. She had five husbands. None of them were hers. So he is stopping by speaking to those people. So that's what we're reaching yeah. for. That's what you know. Th- those that have been uh, misfortune, 
uh, thrown aside uh, and not prayed for. So that's what mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brother Hagney, I'm calling Reverend Hagney here in a minute, yeah. is talking about yes. is that as right. your ta- tabernacle moves and the spirit moves within you, uh, that's right. the real God. You know, and right. so if you call him Yeshua, if you call him Jesus, whatever you call him, uh, just make sure that you call upon him when you're praying for someone. Because let me tell you something, when you're hurting, you welcome prayer. I don't care what language they speak it in. You know when someone's mm-hmm. sincerely praying for you and care for you. Right. That's right. Well, and I think that's why that's why I wanted to speak up, too, because I know that, that as pastor or as a Dr. Hagney was talking, I certainly felt like that message was so universal because I did start thinking about people who I know who are non-believers in whatever form who, um, for example, idolize Jesus Christ of Nazareth, um, who understand what you say when when uh, you feel the spirit because they you know they have that feeling too from time to time in the way that they can get to that feeling and call it whatever they call it um so i just felt like th- th- these are such universal themes and they're juxtaposed against uh what we were talking about the in god we trust those were all reactionary control white supremacy um things that were done uh, in response to uh, us shoving equality down white people's throats, apparently. So. Um, well. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Can anybody hear anybody? Oh. We we can now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something went fuzzy well, for anyway. a minute. <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, hey, 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 here, let me just ask you something, Rihanna, because you know, hey, hey, we don't get to have you here to all to ourselves. Uh oh. Uh oh. Should I be afraid? <laughs> no, 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 you know, nah. hey, you know, I'll never, I'll never ask you nothing that you can't answer. <laughs> what are you gonna make me say? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but really, uh, now really, uh, what do you think? Uh, okay, you know, of course, we've had this conversation before uh, along the way. So, you know, and, and like right now, we're at this, you know, we're in the midst of changing, everything changing, everything moving. Uh, what do you think it's going to look like? What, what do you, what are you feeling from the white community, from where, from where you're at, uh, about about what's going on now? Can they? Can can they see past gas prices to understand that the democracy is at stake, or uh, do, do you see any, uh, you know, get any kind of vibe like that? <laughs> um, I'm I'm in a weird position. Well, maybe not so weird for white folks, but <laughs> the the people I choose to spend my time with. Um, definitely aren't focused on gas prices. They are focused on our democracy and saving it. Um, but I also um, have to choose to spend time with other folks <clears throat> who feel differently from time to time because I don't want to live in a bubble and because, unfortunately, families are large and have lots of weirdos in them. Um, and so I'm seeing uh, – pretty much 
what you might expect. There is a there are two universes existing at the same time. And one of them is based in reality and the other one is both based in whatever this alternate universe is that they've created for themselves and um you know where where <laughs> January 6th never happened the supreme court is the mo- the best thing that has ever happened finally we have a respectable supreme court you know the one that just lost legitimacy um you know like it's still this these polar opposites going on i mean it's it's a bizarre place to live right now um as we can all agree i'm sure um but you know white white folks are are the dumb ones are just as dumb as they have always been and are going to always be and you know the 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 newly woke ones are are almost just as dumb because this is all new to them and they're still stuck on you know i marched you know um and then there are some who know how serious it is and we're getting tired so you get the the vibe they actually you get the vibe they actually okay because because for most folks it's kind of hard for us to believe that they actually believe that stuff right but no y'all can't Mm -hmm. believe that right i mean we have to look at that now now, do they? Do you think they actually believe that stuff? I, I mean, do you think they be believing that stuff, or they, or they just see the big uh, a fascist fascist picture, and, and they just want to just uh, make sure that they survive it, and they went to survival mode, and they don't care. Okay. Either way. I, I <laughs> I'll I'll put it I'll put it to you this way, um, and I'm gonna uh, I I hate to do it, but I have to do it. Uh, I've put it out there before, so I'll put it out there again. Unfortunately, my in-laws are the perfect example for this particular question. And, you know, if they're going to act a certain way and talk a certain way, they're going to be talked about a certain way, and here we go. So they, what I have realized and what my husband also has realized over the years about them, and we have to sadly acknowledge at this point, um, is that they – they believe the nonsense that they absorb from Fox News and all that other crap um, and then spew out to us up until the point where you push them into the corner of, well, that's not true. What about this? Oh, well, that's not true either. What about this? Well, that's not true either. What about this? And they always end up at the same place, which is, well, everybody does it. And that to us now translates to this white supremacy model <laughs> where I'm comfortable must continue to exist or I feel threatened. And that's honestly, when you boil everything down, they only believe the nonsense that they're fed up until the point where you prove them wrong. And then that's still okay because they're comfortable. (laughs) I mean, that's really the best way that I can explain it. And I hate to be so blunt about it, about people who I, you know, love and care about mostly out of obligation. Um, but that's mm. the, the fact. Like, you, you can go to church six days a week, and that doesn't make you a good person if, you know, when your neighborhood has a yard sale, the first thing that you mention are that there are brown people there, and that's somehow supposed to be a negative thing. To me, you say all you need to say when you behave that way. 
that is all I need to know about you, and that's how I know that, you know, that's that's now how I know why you spew the crap you spew. That, you know, some of it is that you're dumb and you believe it. Um, like, you know, somehow they believe that the economy and the gas prices and everything was perfect under Trump, and nothing that happened under Trump has anything to do with the gas prices right now. Just the fact that Biden got elected means all of a sudden we're all going to go broke because we're paying $30 a gallon for gas. I mean, they, they, they allow themselves to believe the crap that they spew out. And the people who want them to vote for them know that if you can't fit it on a bumper sticker, the, their people aren't going to remember it. So it has to be quick and easy, and it doesn't matter if it's refutable because really at the core of everything is I'll keep white people feeling comfortable so they'll vote for me, and this is just me feeding them something that they can hand other people to legitimize, you know, or justify their, you know, the reason that they say the things they say and do the things they do and vote the way they vote. But underlying all of it, I, I just sadly, uh, whether whether some of these people know it or not, is this this power structure, the way that things are the way that things have always been, that's how it has to stay, people, then everything's just going to hell in a handbasket for these, in their mind. I mean, that's, that seems to be, when you just boil it all down, where it ends up. Whether the people involved know it or not, that seems to be where it ends up. And that's a, and, and, and Mike, and Mike, and that's a testament to the to to the to the failure of the American educational indoctrination system. They indoctrinated yes. everybody into you. You got to be indoctrinated to be in a position where you can where you can even get like that. And they did that through schools. Right. I know because I, I, I it. And, and so yeah, we all that the, We all know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they able to do that right now. Uh, you know, because they've right. been kind of you know it's been kind of a low grade civil war for a while. But, Mike, what do you think about that? Cooper. Well, yeah, I, I try to mute out when, when you're um, talking because um, I don't want the feedback. But I have three dogs, and they love to bark. But anyway, uh, you know, and I'm glad. As a matter of fact, why did it take a radio show that I've been part of now for almost two years for someone to actually speak truth? Ms. Rihanna, hats off to you. Um, um, matter of fact, we're going to have to bring you to Austin even next year or the year after uh, our GAP award. We're closing the health gap, the uh, injustice gap, the wealth gap, and the education, lack of education gap. Uh, it's an umbrella of nonprofit I have that we're getting ready to uh, launch real soon. But um, And that's the kind of conversation we need to have. Transparency is needed. There was a guy, I'm not going to give you his name because uh, he's a pretty famous uh, Democrat, um, and I asked him, I said, why in the world in a time such as these will a well-off man, a pain rope, be a Democrat? I mean, you have to be hated in your circle. You have to be hated where you're going, you know, because years ago they, they would call you a certain kind of lover. Uh, Y'all get that on the way home. But um, he, he, he professed to me some, some, I would call it garbage. He never he did he did not speak the truth, Miss Rihanna. I thank you. You spoke the truth just now, and and, and that's what it takes that kind of truth. I I listen to conversation all the time. I, I'm a quiet individual because I'm listening. I, I have an ear, boy, and I can pick up conversation. 
and I, I make people comfortable, and so I really get to know people, and I and I love to study people. I don't get bored with them, and I hear folks that I'm in the South. You know, I am in the South. We're in a red state. I mean, you know, just like y'all in East Texas, I mean, you know, we can hear some things, just like your in-laws. Well, yeah. this young man was speaking to his in-laws, and they were talking, and they said, wow, there were some nice brown people uh, in the neighborhood the other day. And and he just thought, he had to stop. He, he had to catch them himself. He said, why do they have to be nice brown people? Why they can't just right. be nice people? You know, right. like they're shocked that, you know, that right. Mall Aubrey can actually be running through the neighborhood and looking at the houses that's developed like everybody else, you know. Yeah. I told my wife, I said, how many times have we stopped and looked at houses? We parked our car like three streets over, and we used to go look at homes in Houston, Texas, man. I mean, they had these big, beautiful homes. And it's neighborhoods, and we just walked the whole entire neighborhood. We didn't live there. If she veered off from me or I veered off from her, one of us could have been shot, talking about we are stealing Mm-hmm. That never dawned my mind until the time period that we live in now, where that man mm-hmm. was hunted down like yeah. an animal and cornered and had to fight for his mm-hmm. life without a weapon. Yeah. And we go on to the next yeah. story. We just let it go by, and we just, okay, what happened? Did, were they held accountable? And, and no one's talking about it, and no one's bringing it up again, and you know, right. uh, there are no knock warrants, and, and, and people end up dead and because they're folks of color. Yeah, we talk about it for a little while, and then we go on to the next thing, you know. Right. It's just right. we have to wake up. Yeah, you know, right. you got to understand, where we live in, it's a, it's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. Right. It's just a lot of stuff. It's, it's a lot of stuff. It ain't like folks that like, 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 move on. It's that you, you're talking about the news cycle. The, the folks that right. it affect don't, um, you know what I mean? You know, so I'm just saying that. But, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, we are the news. So that's why I'm revisiting. We are yeah. the news. We are the we are. news. So I'm bringing yeah. up We are the news. We are the news. We are the news. We are the news. I want to talk about it some more. We are, not, we are not belaboring the point. We are not, you know, baiting. That, if anybody tells you when you talk about these things, when you mention these things, when you want to know, when you're still pissed off about Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice, um, and somebody tells you that, that, oh, you need to, you know, stop bringing it up. Move you're on. the one that brings yeah. it up. And then, no, I'm sorry, but first of all, we never, ever, ever tell Jewish people to just get over the Holocaust thing, ever, because yeah. that's wrong. Right. We we would right. never say it ever. So think about that before right. you you respond to get over it with yeah okay I will. No, mm-hmm. never. And also it's just that's just another way for them to sweep it under the rug like they always have. The reason that anybody would ever tell you that is because they're uncomfortable. And if they're uncomfortable, it's because they know it's true. And everybody out there mm-hmm. who's listening, you white folks, I know you've heard. The same conversations that I've heard and probably from people, you probably battle like I do. I have to battle that, oh, nice, you know, nice brown people conversation every time. But if you don't every single time stop them and say, what are you saying? What are you saying? saying? And if these people are Christians, (laughs) especially, you bring that into it and you challenge them every single time. 
because the alternative is they're going to tell you that you're doing something wrong by talking about it, and that's a lie. The thing that's going to kill this country is this racism and white supremacy. That's what's going to kill us. So we, it's your job. You have to challenge it every time, forcefully. Ms. Marie, I just want to say that I'm honored, I'm blessed to to know you. I passed cross. I have some, I know some politics in East Texas who feel like you feel, but you know they feel like you feel. But I tell you, to hear you sit and the position you're in, that's that it is a blessing to hear you speak because you, you as you indicated, you speak in an environment where a lot of people don't speak. It's a blessing for people to to hurt you tonight, say what you said. And they may not call you and everything, but you made the impact on a whole lot of people who've probably been sitting on the fence and holding their people, whatever. But you you blessed a lot of people tonight. I was in a conference just the other week, a young lady in real estate. She told me that when when a black seller a house, but you selling them a house with black men, you have to remove everything that indicates a black person lives there. I was just say last, and that's that's oh. appearing right now. And to hear you say what you said, and there are so many people blessed, whether they know it or not, to hear what you just said. And you helped a lot of people who've been sitting on the fence, who who felt and feel just like you, and you have given them some directions what they need to do and what they need to pass on to their kids. Because our kids are learning things from a lot of parents who are not speaking up. So you blessed. Not only a lot of parents, but you bless a lot of parents who are going to bless their kids. And that's where the change is going to be made. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm blessed to just to hear you say what you said. Well, thank you. Dr. Thank Agnes. you so much. That's so kind. But the honor is truly mine to be among these good people every Monday night and as often as I can. Thank you. Well, you know, it's amazing. You're saying it, Dr. Agnew, about uh, state. It's called staging a home. And um, right. we're, like I say, I, I'm a little further south than you guys. So it's it so bad to where I've had literally had real estate agents hint, hint for us to go to Walmart. And you know how you purchase the picture frames and it has the, the 10 families in it? Oh, God. Not only they want you to leave the picture I, in there? Supposed, yes. Take our oh, pictures no. down and leave a few of those pictures up. Oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah. That, that was actually dropped as a just a little nugget on the floor for us to bend over and pick up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's you know, it's, it's just not, it's not the same. I hope any of the fence sitters hear this too. It's not the same when Pastor Cooper is said, when that's said to Pastor Cooper, his response, whatever that may have been, is not the same as your response, white person. If you're a realtor, if you ever hear anyone say anything like that, especially if you hear them say it to someone, it, that's your opportunity. That's when you, you know, come at them with righteous indignation and you call it out because, you know, Pastor <laughs> – Pastor Cooper being told that, that's an offensive thing that Pastor Cooper is entitled to handle any which way he sees fit. But as a white person and you hear something like that, you have a different responsibility. But your anger mm-hmm. should be just as, as vigorous exactly. and, and righteous. 
I mean, so everything that everyone says, assume they're saying it about you because that's what they're doing. When, when anything is hurled at anyone else, it hurts you, whether you know it or not. I mean, we are all we have, all of us. Let me give you an interesting aspect of black white relationships in America. Uh, you know, as, as as black folks being in our position historically and so forth, we've we've had to study white people, just survive. Yeah. We've had to study them. Now, white folks, on the other hand, they haven't, you know, although they, you know, they they you know, they, we got this abusive relationship we had, you know, they really, you know, they really don't look at us past that past the, you know, I, I see black skin, and that's all they see, you know, but, but we studied them, and so because we studied them uh, the way we do, you know, we know, we, I mean, we just, you know, we know them, you know, we just know them, and so, and I think that that, right. I think that, I think that's another thing that makes white people uncomfortable around black people, I think they, I think they can feel like we know them better than, <laughs> better than they want us to, or whatever, <laughs> you know, Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I think they fight against that. I mean, I and I'm going by the dynamic. Yeah. That kind of dynamic was on the like on different jobs I was on, right? So I just kind of yeah. got that vibe, you know, and so forth and so on, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, we have a complex relationship, uh, with with and and we've never sat down and actually talked about the relationship, because it's always been basically one way from what you know from you know from white perspective, right, in a capitalist system. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have to talk to you. Just make money. You know, just make right. some money. That's all I need you to do. Yep. You know, so that's why we have Right. right. You, you, you're not my friend. Uh, you, you go do what you do, boy or girl, and make me some money, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we'll go from there. Uh, you know, uh, and when you my do world, have you some, uh, an uprising. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and if there is an uprising, by the time you get someone to the table, the person that you have a grievance against is sitting on the other side of the table with the person that's going to defend them. So these these are the issues that continue to to go. You got that again? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. These are the things that we have to deal with. Like say, but uh, they don't study us. We have to study them, and we have to be careful. We can't be the angry black man or woman. No, we don't have to. No, we don't have to. No, we don't have to study them. We we just we we just they're part of our existence. We automatically right. study them. We right. ain't, without even right. trying. Without even trying. That's to my study. point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, it's an I think we I think we studied them I I think we studied them too much because what we find out well what we find out we should we should be so we should be shocked if they're not what we thought they were because we 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 try we try to be like them and look what happened to us look if you take education we you know we we gave up our best to be like them we you look at HBCUs. We gave, we, we didn't gave, give it up. Not, we, we, well, well, we didn't give it up. They took it, Doc. They took it. We took it, Doc. Well, we allowed to. We 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 let them take it. They fooled us. They killed. They, it was, they killed Martin. It was, they killed Martin. Well, they killed well, Martin. They, well, they, they, they had, had Jagger Hoover. They, they had Jagger Hoover dismantle so the whole stop? movement. So it ain't so no like. We ooh, well, we haven't stopped. Well, well we haven't stopped. We got well, well, you know, you know, you know, we thought. We ain't stopped. We stopped. Why don't we rebuild? Why don't we rebuild our cities? Why don't we have an economic deal? Why don't we 
Why don't we own right. things? Why because don't we, of red line, because of historical redlining, systematic, racist economic system. Okay, that's okay. Read. Look at red, that's why. Let's take red, why read. do we have to go? We can solve redlining by building our own neighborhood. Redlining. On exactly the, what I'm we, looking at. Let me, let me, let me see. See, that's we. We need to understand how God blessed us. Right. We we right. stay in our own neighborhood. You don't have to worry about a red line. It's your fault. I told people, if you're going to go play marbles in your neighbor's backyard, and it's all right as long as right. you don't win 40% of the marbles. Once you win 50% of the marbles, what are you going to do? He's going to change the rules. He can tell you go home. So I always tell people, if you can play marbles so well or beat, beat somebody in that neighborhood, get your own marbles, stay in your own backyard, and forget about redlining. We, we support That's a no-win situation. If you don't own anything, how do you think you can go to somebody else's neighborhood? The doc, I'm the guy. The doc, I'm the guy that tells. The doc, I'm the guy that tells my white friends to tell white America to quit helping me. Because every time you help me, I wind up with what I have. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you mention I don't help you help me. Exactly. 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 Look, look, I don't look, want to help me. That's what I'm saying. Well, you don't. Go, quit go stay in your own oh, back. If you stay, if you own, stay right. in your own backyard, you don't need to help. If you look at what's happening That's in our right. community. Well, we we moving out of our neighborhoods and other people moving behind our neighborhood and building better homes. Why don't you stay in your own neighborhood and stop trying to change red laws? You, you, you oh, know, you're always that's called gentrification. That is called gentrification. You don't need that. You don't need gentrification. Stay in your own neighborhood. That, well, that, that, that's called gentrification. Just like, look over here in South Dallas, I'm, up here in Dallas, we're dealing with it now. Uh, you know, they done gentrified all around downtown. They moved black folks out. They, we, well, it wasn't no like, uh, you know, we going to stay. Uh, no, 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 no. They don't they want they want the land because it's the prettiest land. Exactly. Nice I'm, 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 so, 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 so it ain't like black folks say, well, you know, well, I think I'll give you what's happening in East Texas. Where we have all this space, we have all the black churches laying around black churches in East Texas could have been bought for $20 an acre or $5 an acre. What did we do? We left that space, and if you go through some of the areas of East Texas, neighborhoods have bought up property right next door to black neighborhoods, and land is being sold for $180,000 and $200,000, where a black church of a little vision a long time ago is still leaving East Texas, going to Dallas and all these other places, and dealing with all that, what happened in Dallas. Bought this land in East Texas, stayed here uh, in East Texas, and bought this land up. This, these acres in East Texas are, are, are selling $100,000, $200,000 an acre. But we left it. Well, that's good we opportunity. Went off, we left it with Dallas. We left it and went off to Dallas, and look what's happening to you in Dallas. If you stayed in East Texas, owned the property, and not lost all these black farms. If blacks had maintained in the black farms in East Texas, the land's being sold that's in East that's Texas, that's now they could have been millionaires. They could be millionaires. Doc, you know right when now. you're young, Doc, you know when you're young, you're gonna go to the beach. Young and crazy. It's more fun. It's <laughs> more fun. Yeah, because they didn't, they didn't listen to the teacher. They didn't listen. But now we're more mature. We have to <laughs> go back and, and hold, hold our leaders accountable. Like in uh, West End Beaumont, uh, they're getting ready to do a forty billion dollar development, like the Woodland, right in West End Beaumont. But watch this. So when I challenge the local officials, I said, "Wait a minute, hold on. Y'all give them tax credit and abatements and everything else." Yep. What about my, my, my land that's over here? Let's develop it. Let's make sure we have senior living for over 55 years of age. Let's make sure that we have communities that we're rebuilding again and churches on the corners and 
and, and developing and bringing in the HEBs and, and the Chick-fil-A's mm-hmm. and, and the Starbucks mm-hmm. in those areas and, mm-hmm. and gated communities and make people feel safe again and, and have a police hub back in the section. So they, they, right. they go, uh, 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 well, I don't know. I, I don't know how they, I said, but you approved it. You're my city council. You approved exactly. it, but you can't tell me exactly. how you got there. So where is exactly. going to tell me how you got there? Yep. That's the question we need to ask, and all the cities around everywhere. HUD's giving $22 million to develop Section 8 housing in in certain groups, but yet we can't do single housing, single living housing. Right. uh, And they've loosened restrictions so so that the developments are slums that you're talking about. Now, you know, and Donald Trump benefited from that. Well, see, see, a young lady said in a conference last week, she said, HUD, there's so much money in HUD, but HUD can't need to find the people like. Like you just spoke, uh, Pastor Cooper, HUD, Washington, D.C. need help. They push money out, but they don't know where it's going. Well, they need right. someone just like you, Pastor Cooper, in all of these cities. There's so much money. Young lady just said that in HUD the other day. When you mentioned senior living, I was told in real estate, yeah. how many people are thinking about designing senior living facilities where seniors can stay? HUD want to find those places, but we as minorities, how many minorities going to HUD and say, hey, we have this plan like you're saying, Pastor Cooper? That's what we need to do right. in every city across America, across the South, and hold the people you elected county because they're spending your taxpayer money to do what they want to do. So what do you call uh, GLO, TMO, Grant Land Office Commission, all these people, and they point the finger at the other person. and say, So I'm picking up the phone, I'm talking to these folks and say, where's the money, who's doing this, and where is it coming yeah. from? So then I, I look at these guys that development in the Woodlands, and, and watch this. Mm-hmm. When they're getting $22 million for these $40 billion projects, then the, yeah. the, the banks, like they did with Donald Trump, they're, then they're financing. They're, because you have leverage right. now. You have millions right. of dollars right. on this billions of dollars project. So now anybody finances. It's not about your income and, and right. what you can do. That's right. That's right. Well, and we also, don't know that. You'll see, like where I live, for the past sudden, couple of I'm elections, learning. you see people asking you to vote no on, on this housing provision. And what it is is, they're telling you to say no to allowing Section 8 uh, housing to be approved for certain apartments or houses or, or uh, facilities mm-hmm. in your area for low income and for senior mm-hmm. communities, just like you're talking about. So out there locally, what you can do on the ground is when you see signs like that and you don't pay much attention mm-hmm. to these little local right. elections, look into right. what that mm-hmm. means because right when HUD right. gets that extra funding, that's when all right. these various localities say, oh, they're going to start moving poor people in over here to this nice neighborhood. Right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they might. <laughs> but, you know, it's the people who will vote against it pay attention to it. So we got to pay attention right. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got to be educated. And that's the, and that's the battle that needs to be fought. We're we fighting the wrong – we're we fighting the wrong battle. That's the, that's the battle. That we yeah. need to be fighting the economic battle. See, once you – everything else falls behind that. But we're losing because we, we, we don't fight the economic balance. And then we get right. caught up in other ridiculous things, redlining and all this kind of stuff. These no-win situations. Create the situation We got an octopus arm over there, Doc. It's just not as long as the other arms. But it's, it's octopus arm. We know that. Okay. By exercise, we have to exercise our rights, and we have to continue to exercise our authority. We have to continue to ask the questions. We have to continue to have the conversation. We have to continue to be the news. So when they stop cycling it and say it's no longer uh, valid, we need to continue to have those tough conversations and remind folks, yeah. be in their face, 
So I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not telling. I'm not talking to people that. Uh, well, I am talking to people that tell me, "Oh, my boat doesn't count." I'm talking to those people. I'm encouraging mm-hmm. those people. You have to continue yeah. to fight. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I went to schools, Southern Baptist schools, unfortunately, with with men that were kicked out of the church. There was one right here in Beaumont, Texas, and uh, he had issues with uh, his deacon board because of the fact that he didn't want to apologize for using slurs like sandwiches and, and, and talking about black folks and poor folks in his sermons. And when it was time for him to go and get uh, a treatment for that in Oklahoma sensitivity class, he refused and took 300 people out of his 8,000-member church and planted another church somewhere else, and they followed him. So these are the kind of things we have to continue to expose to the community yes. and let people yes. know we're not going away. We're going to continue to yes. be the um, transparent mirror, whether you talk about it or not, we're going to talk about it. And the reason right. why we're talking about it is so we can all do better for it and be exactly. better for it. Exactly, exactly. Because we don't talk about it, it never improves. Absolutely. Right. And we can't change the history. We have to talk about the history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That is so true. Yes. Well, and, and since I've taken the job of, of translating to, to white folks to give them talking points for their um, less informed white friends, let me just point out that entire conversation that you just heard does not mean the same thing at all if you talk about it, if you talk about it with your white friends, and if you try to plug in, um, you know, white folks making these decisions to live, you know, in, uh, in communities by themselves versus black folks making those decisions. That's not, those aren't two of the same coin, two sides of the same coin at all. The conversation you just heard is none of your business other than to be in any way uh, supportive of or just simply listen to. Uh, if you inject yourself into that uh, conversation and say, well, what if it's why isn't it the same if we want to live in our own neighborhood? Because it's completely different, completely different. So there's that. If you hear conversations like that, um, if anybody tries to make those comparisons, you need to question why they would even think to try to make a comparison like that. Uh, and also, uh, it's, if you if you hear conversations like this going on that are so good and so productive. Follow the lead and simply be whatever support you can be for people. That's just your job. That's our job. That's it. It's that simple. Well, let me back up what you just said, Ms. Rihanna. That, that was a study when I was in uh, working on Master in Psychology. We, we studied 2020. There were, there, there were uh, things that the guy, I forget his name, was, and he would do different scenarios. Uh, you know, if a blonde-haired lady was on the side of the road, would she get help? If a, a black man was on the side of the road dressed a certain kind of way, would someone stop and help him uh, with his car repairs? Uh, th- there are other scenarios uh, uh, that, that they would deal with, uh, with communities and, and things like that. Well, back in the 70s, integration, you know, that's why we have problems with HBCUs, because my generation, Generation X, and then the uh, baby boomers a little bit before me and then a little bit after me. We were forced into communities that we didn't grow up in. Right. And, and, and right. people we didn't look like. So so then when we when we went to college, we didn't go to the HBCUs because people came to us and talked to us about UT and Lamar and other places that need to continue to be integrated. 
So we were, our HBCUs suffer. But what the, 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 the research we, we studied is when Oprah Winfrey spent millions of dollars to this woman and basically gave her a lotto. And she took out of poverty, and she put across town. You know, you always have the north end, the west end, the good end, the bad end, or whatever it is. And she had a new car, new job, new income, and she was miserable, depressed. And within six months, she's back at her mom's house sleeping on the couch. And somebody said, well, she's ungrateful. Uh, she she uh, just, uh, uh, you know, didn't know how to handle her income, and, and she needed to have been taught more. What they did after the psychologist interviewed her, they found out that she was lonely. She yeah. was depressed. She was not around her family. She was not around her base. When she had to run errands, she had cousins, nieces, and nephews that would babysit for her. She didn't have that across town. She missed talking to people that look like her, talk like her, act like her, respond yeah. like her. So, so it, it, it's the village. And, and so people yes. are, are used to the village that they grow up in, good, bad, or indifferent. All I'm saying is this is that we have to go back on purpose and redevelop these villages and if you have a city council, and that's why I pray for Dr. Shirley McKellar, uh, then Mayor Pro Tem, because you cannot spend money in cities equally if uh, you don't have equity. Meaning that in the north and south end in Beaumont, we have streets that are the oldest streets in, in, in the area, and the newest areas are still receiving the same amount of funds, but you need to spend more money right. in the older areas and right. get curb and gutter have bicycles, have sidewalks, uh, and all of these things. But anyway, we're almost out of time. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm praying for America. We will do better. Yeah. Hey, Doc, I'm going to leave you some positive, Doc. Doc, the octopus plan. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders got the number one recruit. Matter of fact, his recruiting class is one of the top classes of recruits. Bring them to the, to, to the HBCUs. That means that I mean I mean you think hey look you know RG RG three built the stadium down in Baylor so you know uh, you know so so if these brothers come home and start giving challenge to our schools hey I'm just saying what I said I said a long time you you know I was the VP of HBCU I always said all this black talent playing on all these multiple majority white schools if they get them into HBCU they you talking about the Ten the NBCAs and all that. You put a, you, if all that talent has stayed home. It'll wipe it. With well, the NIL, with 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 NIL, at that time, he had nobody on his team in Alabama. So he went to, and he played uh, USC, and the guys on the USC beat up, beat up on him so bad. You know what he said? I'm going to recruit me some brothers. Yeah, that's Barry Bryant. What? Barry Bryant. And what, yeah. I don't know, now, look at Alabama now. If Alabama didn't yeah. have what they had on his team, where would Alabama be? Same way they yeah, Sean Puffy calls, Dave, uh, yeah, Sandy, $1 million. Yeah, I know it's past 10 o'clock. I don't know why y'all showing out. 
Okay, on that note, let me tell everybody, check the show description. I'm going to put a link to the top scholarships for black students in June 2022. Uh, one of them was up to $40,000 for an essay scholarship wow. and those for, for HBCUs. Uh, so uh, everybody right. check the link if you're interested and tune in Thursday because Dr. McKellar might have some information on uh, St. Augustine University that may still have some scholarships available there too. With COVID, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happened, but a lot of opportunities have also opened up. So keep your eyes out for that uh, various scholarships. Those women college okay. scholarships. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Okay, Great. everybody, we appreciate you. We thank Thanks. you so much for joining Thanks. us on this Monday night. Thank you. Excellent, brilliant panel of people. Thank Good you. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good, Good night. night. Good night. Be grateful. Be when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out, oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, the spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day, when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. glory, glory, oh, glory, glory, now the Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon 
It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be 